Support for this podcast comes from R.E. Michael Company. With more than 270 sales locations coast-to-coast, R.E. Michael has grown to be one of the nation's leading wholesale distributors of HVACR equipment, parts, and supplies. Our conveniently located branches carry an extensive inventory that meets the needs of its own market and its own customers. And if we don't have it, we'll find it. It's our mission to make the supply side of your HVACR business as easy as possible. Certain Path members have access to a generous rebate program too. For more information, go to your Certain Path Hub or email their Certain Path representative at tracy.johnson at remichael.com or call 410-553-3714. Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by Certain Path, formerly Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry, I'm your host, Bob Houchin. As a reminder, all episodes of The Successful Contractor are available on YouTube as well as your podcast player of choice. For more information on how Certain Path can put your contracting company on a certain path to success, visit our new site, www.mycertainpath.com, or give us a call at 866-299-8505. Today's show is another Certain Path monthly member discussion. These are interactive live programs where I interview certain path members on a certain topic. Today's topic, performance management, how to build loyalty through coaching. I'll let my guests introduce themselves in a moment. I hope you enjoy the show and take away a nugget or two. Thank you everyone for joining us for another monthly member discussion. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Monthly member discussions, your opportunities to hear from members like you explain what they're doing to be successful. Think of it as a little slice of Expo coming to you through your computer or phone every month. Speaking of which, Expo, it's October 3rd through the 6th at the Gaylord Rockies Resort in Denver, Colorado. Folks, if you haven't registered, please do so. Now, rooms on certain days are sold out. Actually, I, I stand corrected. I believe Karen, our event planner, told me that the, the, the Gaylord Rockies is completely sold out. But we do have overflow hotels. But I, I think we expect those will even get sold out as well. So please, if you haven't registered for Expo, get on top of that. Go to your hub. Sign up. Looking forward to seeing you there. We expect well over a thousand people all together, uh, which is stellar for a fall expo. So we're looking forward to seeing you there. Uh, back to the task on hand. This month we're talking about how to build loyalty through coaching. This idea of performance management still a pretty new concept in the business world. Uh, I know we at SGI slash Certain Path launched it within our group probably three to four years. A comprehensive program. Um, speaking of which, if you're looking for videos and resources on performance management, please go to your hub, do a search for performance. Just type that in. You'll find well over 60 videos and resources just on this subject matter. Um, In fact, if you're not digging around on the hub regularly, you're missing out. We have over a thousand videos and 2000 pages of content waiting for you. And we add to them all the time. So please take advantage of that. Uh, One last note before I introduce our panel. Um, As a reminder, as we talk about today's topic, if you have a question, someone mentioned something you didn't quite understand or you'd like to follow up, please write that, that question in a little box that should be on your screen. Uh, the last five or 10 minutes or so in the hour, I'll ask our panelists those questions. So without further ado, let me please uh, introduce our great panelists. Uh, first, Mr. Frank Lorson from Home Team Electric in Palm Springs, California. Frank, could you turn on your camera and unmute yourself, please? There he is. Hey, Frank, how are we doing? Good, excellent. Good morning. 
Good. Good morning. Uh, also joining us is Mrs. Lindsay Rice-Tate from Always Plumbing and Heating in Edmonton, Alberta. Lindsay, please turn your camera on. There she is. Hey, Lindsay. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you both so much for being here. I know you've got uh, two busy businesses and lots going on, so that's not lost on me. On me. I really appreciate it. Uh, before we, we dig into the topic, just to want to kind of give you a chance to kind of share with everyone who, who you, each of you are. Frank, maybe uh, in just a, a minute or so, explain, uh, you know, talk about how you got in the industry, um, what the business is looking like today, and maybe what you're hoping to do uh, in revenue by the end of the year. Uh, well, I, my, I'm a second generation electrician, uh, so I grew up around electrical, um, you know, helping my dad with occasional jobs. But sure. I actually went into the automotive industry, uh, auto parts, to be exact. Mm -hmm. I worked for AutoZone and Pet Boys uh, for a number of years, learned a lot about customer service, customer interactions, um, add-on sure. sales, things like that. Uh, never knowing I would actually need that later in life. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I was about 26, I guess, 27, I decided uh, I, my dad actually talked to me to go in, into the electrical industry. So I started my apprenticeship in 2006, and then, or I started my apprenticeship in 2000, I should say. Yeah. And then in 2006, started uh, our business, and with the help of my father and uh, my 17-year-old brother Josh, who still with on the team today. Yeah. And boy, it was a long road, I tell you. <laughs> what are you guys but, hoping uh, to do this? Yeah. What are you guys hoping to do this year in revenue? I know you guys have been growing and growing. It's been great. Sure. Uh, well, we, we finished last year with 1.9. There's mm -hmm. nine of us on the team. Uh, today, we have 13. We actually just hired three people, and um, we're on pace to do 2.6 with the team we had before the three new hires. So who knows? We might be able to knock that out of the park, too. But uh, yeah. we're on a mission. We're on a mission uh, as a team. Yeah. This year, 2.6, but uh, we're going we're gonna to hit four next year. That's great. Or I might get stuck with a weird tattoo. Is there a bet going on in the office? Uh, well, with, with uh, some of the other ESI members. Oh, okay. Okay. I got hustled, well. and I should have been paying attention. They caught me sleeping. We'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the camaraderie. Well, that's, yeah. that's great. That's a lot of revenue for an electric-only business. So and I know you're, you're doing it at a great margin. So congratulations. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Um, Lindsay, let's throw it over to you. How long have you been in the industry? Uh, maybe talk about what always is looking like today and, and where you're hoping sales uh, finish up uh, the end of 22. So I've been in um, this industry um, for about 20 years, I guess now. Started out in customer service and right. sales prior to that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then from there, replied to one of SGI's back in the days ads that you guys ran for yeah. um, a call taker representative and mm -hmm. started with Glenn at Always Plumbing and Heating as his first CCR, yeah. having like no technicians. So it was one technician and Glenn running um, yeah. over and above his uh, construction side. He always felt that service was somewhere he wanted to be, residential service. So right. he attended Profit Day and did that. And then um, stayed for about 10 and a half years, grew with the company into a leadership role, um, service manager, that sort of a thing. And um, we brought on HVAC and he had a partner at the time. So decided to try something different and went and did construction management. Mm -hmm. um, 
like it. There's no customer service, no sales, no challenge. So no. left that, but went and worked for an electrical STI member and got his company out of the house, up and running, you know, yeah. office grew as technicians. And then I went into oil field sales and did that for a bit and then took over a leadership role for that company and loved it. And then Glenn asked me to come back and this has been my passion. So yep. been back for a long time now and just love it. It's great. That's great. Is what I know. So that's fantastic. What What are you guys? Uh, how's always How's always doing this year? Uh, where do you guys we're, think you'll finish? We're growing quite rapidly. We're doing quite well. Uh, we're hoping to hit between the seven point five and eight million this year. That's wonderful. So, um, you know, when you're trying to get over that, you know, two million, and then that five million hump, and then you do that, it just it's good. So I think our next goal is probably going to be the 10 and hopefully in the next year or two, we're going to hit that because it's, oh, it's crazy. So that's fantastic. I love it. I love to hear the success stories. Well, I, again, I appreciate you both being on here. Uh, let's go ahead and, and dig into our, our, our topic of performance management. In my mind, I, I think it's, it's impossible to talk about performance management without talking about the people you're, you're coaching, right? Because if you have bad ingredients, you're not going to have a, a good final recipe or final product. Um, Frank, let's start with you. When when you're interviewing people, what kind of characteristics are you looking for people to demonstrate? You go, you know what, that's someone that's going to fit well and is going to perform well here. Well, you know, definitely the basics, clean cut, strong character, communication skills, uh, goal-oriented, uh, competitive drive. Um, I look specifically, though, um, for team players, people that um, aren't just singular focused, but rather team focused. Um, and probably the biggest thing though, uh, that I look for is strong family values. And that doesn't mean that they have you know, necessarily a family of their own yet uh, in terms of kids and a wife or, or husband or whatever. Um, uh, but they have a strong family, uh, sense of family, uh, because, you know, uh, I would rather grow slow and, you know, build our family and grow fast and just build, you know, a group of people that maybe uh, don't care about each other as much. You know? Yeah. So yeah. For me, um, the family values, the team player are the highlights, but certainly the other, you know, common characteristics we all look for as well. Yeah. When you're, when you're interviewing, I mean, is it just getting people to relax and kind of talk about themselves and you kind of start yeah. asking those certain questions? How do you, how do you get that out of them? Cause I know that that's a hot topic by in itself. So I actually, um, I, what I do is pretty unique. So the very first interview that they do is with me and sometimes my interview will last two hours mm -hmm. and the reason is I, I want to get to know the individual. Uh, I want to get right past the kind of dating phase, you know. Uh, yeah. Oftentimes we hire somebody based on, you know, a 30 minute to an hour interview and they're putting on a show. And sure. the more I can uh, connect with them and get them to relax and just be themselves, the better. Um, but I also use it for, uh, I give them a tour and show them everything okay. around the shop, how we do yeah. business. Because I also recognize it's a two-way interview. Sure. Um, it's not just me deciding if I want them, but if they want us, right? Yeah. And then there's another side to it. Uh, I'll still continue the interview up to two hours and, and give them the whole thing and, and get them relaxed and all that. Because I know they're going to go and tell people about this interview and, and what they saw. And, and hopefully point. they're going to spread the 
word. Yeah. Um, but I, I intentionally take my time and make it more of a uh, social interaction if I can, yeah. uh, because I, I found that I'm going to get the real uh, individual. And, and that's counter to anything I've ever read or been taught. I just kind of feel compelled to do it sure. because again, I'm for uh, family members more than I am, you know, trying to build a business. I'm trying to yeah. build a, a team, a family. So that's uh, yeah, it's kind of you. Once we yeah. do that, then we go into the second interview with our office team, okay. and then um, if they make it past that, uh, then we go to a team interview, which is everybody shows up. We uh, put all the training tables in a giant square and. We kind of pass the ball around, so to speak, and introduce ourselves. And uh, it's very lighthearted, but everybody takes the time to ask, you know, direct questions as well. And uh, it, it's a valuable tool. It, it really, wow. like I said, the dating phase is real. And anything I can do to bypass that and get to the heart of who who that person is, uh, the better. So yeah, that, that's how we do it here. Yeah. How many um, how many experience you know? electricians versus like apprentices that you grew up or are you hiring? Is it an even split? Are you getting more experienced folks? You know, there's a little bit of a crisis in California, maybe all over, but there's a skilled labor shortage. Sure. And um, so we tend to get more people that don't have either experience or, you know, have just a year or two experience. Sure. Personally, I prefer that. I've always been like, oh, I need technicians and, you know, that's, that sounds great, but what I've, I, I was going to say I've come to learn, but really what I've come to adjust to is yeah. that um, it's better to to bring people on that don't have all those old habits. Sure. We're just doing residential electrical. Yeah. And if they've got at least a year experience, then I know that they're mechanically inclined enough Fine, now yeah. that uh, I can, I can teach them everything else. And right. it takes... You know, it could take up to a year for even an experienced electrician to learn how we do business and how we treat our customers and communicate with our customers in a way that is acceptable to our team. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, even though we're having that crisis, I, I find that um, I would almost rather have it this way because, right. you know, we get to pick our, our, sure. own, our own people, so to speak. Very good, very good. Thank you. Lindsay, kind of the same question to you. When you're interviewing people, what types of, of traits or you know personalities are you looking for so you know you're, you've got the right good people uh, bringing into the company? So we look for more for our culture fit. If you're gonna fit our culture, you're gonna fit with the rest of our family that we have here. So we really use our three core values for that, which is always respectful. So we ask them questions based around respect. Then we obviously ask them questions around being part of the team or a family because our second one is family first. And then our third one is always strive for continuous improvement. So we ask them questions based around, you know, what motivates them and how does that work? Um, one of my favorite questions that we love asking uh, for them is that, um, tell me about your first ever job, like yeah. teenager, whatever, like what were you yeah. doing? What did you take from that? 
So yeah. that'll tell us a little bit about their background and they love talking about it. They're like, really? You want to know about that job? Not what I did, you know, last month at this employer. And yeah, when we bring them in. We have it so that it's not an interview interrogation process. And that's what we say right off the bat. Hey, you know what? This is a little unorthodox from what you've experienced, but we love to just want to sit down and get to know you and have a conversation. I want to see if you're a fit for us and if we're a fit for you and if you fit within our core values. Yeah. Um, we've uh, started sending out some text messages after we talk to the person. So rather than say, hey, grab a pen, take your address down, it's no, um, I have your phone number here. If this is mobile, I'm going to send you a message. And within that message, we say, hey, here's our address. Thanks for talking with us. These are our core values. Looking forward to seeing if you're fit for us, yada, yada. And the response back is just like, oh, I've never had that before. So right away, we know, especially right now in our market, we have to set ourselves apart. Right, we can't right. be cookie cutter and just worry about the technical aspect of things. And, and you know, we do say that, hey, we know you wouldn't apply for this job if you didn't have the technical aspect to do it. We'll get right. into that down the road. But right now, let's make sure we're a fit for each other and we'll work well for you to join our family of technicians. Yeah. And that's how that's we do that. You share your core values in the phone part right away. That's, mm -hmm. I, that's unique. I've not heard that before. All right. So mm -hmm. once they come in, what's real quick kind of a uh, breakdown? What, how many interviews does it take for someone typically? Is it, or is there no so set number? There's always a phone interview. So our recruiter slash, you know, administrative person, she um, does yeah. that first um, when they apply. So she makes sure they have everything that we're looking for. And then from there, they come and they sit down immediately with myself and mm -hmm. I'll do an interview. And then we try to schedule it around a time where Glenn or one of my foremen will be here. And yep. then they'll do like a secondary immediately on the spot because once they walk out the door, if it's somebody you want, they have 10 other opportunities waiting sure. for them. And they'll tell you that, right? So right, right. you want to try to do that right away, but still have that second opinion sure. um, before they leave. Very good. Have you guys had a mix too of, of experienced folks and, and apprentices or what, what have you been hiring a lot lately? A lot of apprentices applying who just want to even green guys want to get into the trade and know yeah. that this is a great place for them to start. But we are seeing more so a lot of like fourth year. It's a little bit different for us, but fourth year to journeyman technicians yeah. applying. And we like that too. So we like to have a, a good mixture of both. A, because sometimes you're going to get journeymen and that's why we talk a lot about our cultures and what we do. I walk them through our sales process in their interviews because yeah. sometimes you'll get some of those bad habits or their biggest thing is I don't, I'm not a salesperson. So if that's what you're expecting me to do, this isn't for me. And you kind of weed through some of that and, and discuss yeah. it a little bit. But then with your apprentices, they they know no different. So yeah, they yeah, start yeah. out that way. So like Frank said, you know, like a first year, second year, ideal for us. Ideal right. because they don't have enough of those bad habits or those cultures built into them where they can adjust and easily say, oh, this is the norm. This is where it's going. Right. So you don't have to invest as much into that. Good stuff. All right. So you, you hire someone, Lindsay. What, you know, performance management to me, okay, you've got the right person. Next step's onboarding. Onboarding is such a critical component. What uh, If you kind of just break down for everyone, what's your onboarding process that always looks like for a new employee? I love onboarding. It's so exciting. So um, You were lighting up. I could tell you're smiling, getting ready to talk about it. Yeah. It's the best part of my job, let me tell you. Training That's and onboarding, cool. I love it. Um, so 
when anybody comes, I don't care if you're a shop person, a CCR, a technician, everybody joins your organization, they go through onboarding. So the first thing they do is they come in that day, they do their safety because we're core certified. They do all of their paperwork and all of that. They have their tours, we introduce them, all of that great stuff. And then that's usually day one, we send them home. Day two, they come back and we set up certain paths onboarding program. And we put a little bit of our own flair sure. to it for sure. Yeah. But they come in and they go through onboarding for about two, three days. So it's a way where I like to do it just because I can connect and see kind of what we're going to do, where we're building from our team, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And I usually have our foreman or our manager join us. And we set them off on the right foot from the very beginning. So all the videos, the role play, how we do it, we have fun, we joke around. You know, either Mrs. Jones comes out or Raj comes out is from Monsters, Inc. So it depends <laughs> on who you're training. So yeah. we have fun with that. But they go through all of that. And then they go right into ride-alongs. And they don't ride okay. with the same technician. Um, okay. you, two things we do is we pair them up with what, we, what we'll call our, their buddy. Right. So that's okay. going to be their their outlet, their friend, their confidant that they can talk to and everything like that. So we'll connect them with somebody who has similar like characteristics as they do. That's yeah. going to be their buddy. So they'll spend about two days with them and then they'll go and they'll see things from other technicians, whether it's an installer, even though he's a service guide or whatever the case may be. They'll ride with different technicians to get their different techniques because you're going to pick up something from everybody different on your team. Mm -hmm. So they go. They do those ride-alongs with them. Then they do a ride-along with um, our foreman to make sure they are running the calls that day. So they spend the day together. They go through those things. Um, he does a checklist like he's doing a ride-along. They roll, play, they talk in the van, and all of that great stuff. Um, we bring Glenn in from time to time, and he'll come and just get them motivated and excited. That's one of his favorite things to do. So sure. he'll talk to them, and just he wants to connect with them on a personal basis. So we do that. Uh, we bring them into our team training right away. doesn't matter what day it is. If there's a 7 a.m. training, they come in. We introduce them to the team and just really yeah. onboard them that way. Um, they ride along uh, with, I call it a ride along with either a CCR or accounting or the shop person. And we yeah. go through processes and procedures. And then we give them a day to kind of get their van ready and sort it out. And then they're on their way. And then we connect with them. You know, every three days, weekly, you know, monthly, that kind of a thing. That's great. Check. How long how long for an experienced tech will it typically take for him or her to get into a truck? Three weeks. Three weeks. That's great. That's a great process. That's fantastic. Have you have you noticed also by having that kind of time, are there certain people who are like, okay, we liked you in the interview process, but maybe you're like, I don't know if this person's gonna make it because you've had you've done such a thorough onboarding process, right? That's happened. There's there's been situations we just had one recently so we hired a new call center manager and she's doing really well and yeah. so she did her own interviews and she's hiring her own staff and when i was doing the inter the onboarding process um one of the the call center people just yeah we're like this this just isn't gonna work so unfortunately we we let them go kind of right yeah. at that time but yeah um yeah you'll weed them out kind of through that process as you need to or certain things will trigger you so then it's not always that we let them go right away or anything like sure. that you'll make your notes as to certain triggers and things that you're going to watch out for and connect and yeah. talk to them about hey you know during our interview process this didn't seem like it may have been a concern but some of these things that you've done or comments or the way you did this mm -hmm. 
kind of is alerted us to some things. So let's talk about that. Yep. Um, is this something that's, you know, a problem for you or can we work through this together? Do you have some additional questions? How can we support you kind of through that? And then right. we'll go through that with them. And and we have a three, three thing policy, whether it's, you know, right after onboarding or coaching or anything like that, you have a three kind of three strikes you're out. It's, we call it our rule of three. Rule <laughs> Everything's three. a rule of three here. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it's good that you have that process before throwing someone on the phones and maybe they're not converting or you throw them in a truck and they're tanking calls. I mean, that's mm -hmm. why it's another valuable part of onboarding. Um, mm -hmm. Frank, let me, let me throw it over to you. What is, uh, what's the, your onboarding process look like? Um, how many days does it take? What's kind of the content you go over? Well, I, uh, so I mentioned our team interview. I, yeah. If they make it that far, chances are really good that they're going to survive the team interview. Yeah. Everybody's going to vote them in. But I, I feel like that team interview is part of the onboarding process. Helps break sure. the ice because, uh, you know, we one of the questions uh, one of the guys actually came up with uh, a number of years ago is, what's your spirit animal? And everybody <laughs> laughed. And, and, you know, we, every time we have a team interview that, that comes up. So everybody That's has amazing. their spirit animal and it kind of lightens things up. And, um, you know, so we do a great job of breaking the ice using that. So then when yeah. they come back for their, their first day, the ice has been broken. Everybody's yeah. real comfortable with each other. Hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. And, uh, so that, that allows for a nice, smooth, uh, intro on the first day sure. and then you know just uh, I think same as everybody else we're going to do paperwork and get all those particulars out of the way uh, then when they come back uh, for the their real first day I guess um, that's yeah. when we start introducing them to how we do business mm -hmm. uh, we have watch a number of certain path videos uh, in a specific order mm -hmm. to really outline everything uh, we cap it off with Kerry Atkins six steps video which yeah. I think is a, is a really great bird's eye view into how the service call is going to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So once, once they've been loaded up on a lot of content video wise, et cetera, and tons of long winded conversations with me uh, about that, <laughs> those topics. Yeah. It, um, we, we have them do the ride alongs and they go out as a helper. Okay. Um, ride the passenger seat and they assist, um, the technicians and they ride with everybody and we, we keep mixing that up and yeah. uh, even apprentices, everybody, we, we don't want you to get too comfortable with the same style, so to speak. Sure. Uh, and, and especially here in the desert during the summer, tempers start to flare. We get on each oh. other's nerves. Yeah. So we, we mix it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Electricians sure. are temperamental, you know, <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, whenever we, we like to get hot though, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, it's a fair trade though. Eight, eight or nine months out of the year, it's like 70 degrees. So. Right, right, right. But so they ride with, with the, the different guys, get the different styles, but they get to see the same system at yeah. work. And uh, so they really get a great uh, observation. And uh, so then they talk about the calls with the guys. The guys are, you know, the techs, I should say, are charged with discussing yeah. how the call went and highlighting some of the the reasons certain things happen and you know really highlighting some of the intentional things that are done like uh, connecting with a customer things like that 
So for me, for our whole team, really, the, the most important part of every service call is that customer connection, really trying to find a way to not just build rapport and trust, but cultivate uh, a relationship with the customer that's going to be long-term and ultimately result in a plan membership, hopefully. But yeah, um, we, we want to be their electricians for life. Sure. And that connection really solves... Uh, a lot of the issues that come up along most service calls uh, because we have that, uh, not yeah. just rapport, but that personal connection. So right. they really get to see how that's done and, and the guys share with each other how what some of their their methods are. And, yeah. Uh, we, have, we have some mottos, for example, they don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. Mm. And these ride-alongs really help them see that in action and yeah. see exemplified. I was going to say, because um, so if, you, if, you, yeah, if you have some ex experience folks that you're hiring, they're probably not used to coming in and yeah. having a conversation with a homeowner, right? And they're like, I got to go right to the job. But that's not how it's done here, right? And they go, oh, wow, okay, I, do, I don't have to rush. You know, the, the last uh, guy that we brought on to the team, uh, he came in to be a technician, uh, but we all quickly realized that um, – he had a long way to go, not on the technical side. He's a great electrician, uh, honestly, but um, on the service side, even he was like, I have never seen anything like this before. Right. Uh, it's going to take a little bit of time for me to do what these guys do. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's the kind of communication that, you know, helps set up for him up for success because um, now he's not going to get put out there in a situation that he can't handle and, you know, yeah. Pride, pride can be a, a brutal thing. Oh. So fortunately, he, he wasn't overly prideful. He, he pointed out how different it yeah. was. So you're absolutely right. That's it's like night and day. Yeah, know, I was gonna. Do, yeah, he, he's got he's got great self awareness and high emotional intelligence where he recognizes wow. flaws and goes, I need to work on it, and I'm willing to. I mean, to me, that would be like, oh wow, we've got a good person here, and we'll 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 yeah. give it some time, right? To me, that's what that that shows. So that's fantastic. Absolutely. So how long is the is the, is your ride along or your your onboarding process then typically? Frank, does it matter just you know person by person or or yeah, it's person think? by person. Um, yeah. you know, obviously I, I want to get as many texts out there as possible. We have the well, customers, sure. we're we're constantly booked. We don't even use pay-per-click anymore. So it's not wow. a matter of do we have enough customers to you know serve it's Let's get some some guys on the road. But um, yeah. you know, Rebecca uh, said something that really resonated with me. It was a number of years ago, but on stage she's talking about putting warm bodies in trucks, and mm -hmm. that could actually damage your business. And you know, she said a lot more deeper things than that about it. But essentially, don't throw warm bodies in a truck. And right. uh, you know, really, that that meant a lot to me because. We're trying to build a family business and, and really add to our family and not, you know, throw warm bodies in a truck. But more important than that, or let me back that up, just as important as that is we're trying to cultivate customers to be with us forever, right? We want right. to be your electrician forever. And so you, you, we don't just want to send anybody out there to serve our customers. We want them to know how to serve them the, the home team way. And, um, that is uh, truly serving them. And, and I say it all the time, our services or our rewards are in direct proportion to our service that we yeah. provide others. Yeah. And 
but there's a trick there, right? Uh, a little mind trick. We have to try to make sure that our team and including ourselves, that we're serving others without the anticipation of a reward. Right. And that is a very um, interesting thing, a mindset to have. And you really have to, to find a way to, to get that because if you serve your customer well, they're going to choose to do business with you. They're going to choose, you know, your services are going to pick an option. Yeah. Um, but if, if you serve the customer without any expectation of them doing business with you, um, the rewards are, are far greater, um, both it. internally and in business. So that's what we're trying to achieve. So it really depends on the person and uh, how fast that concept can take root and uh, come to fruition for them. I love and it. I'm in Good. no hurry. Yeah, yeah, no hurry. I love it. I love it. Real, real quick, Frank, and then Lindsay, I'll throw the same question to you. When do you start talking to new people about hitting certain KPIs? And hey, this is your goal. We expect you to do X amount in revenue. I mean, when does that happen? For me? Uh, yes. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah. Well, once they've been thoroughly introduced to to you know who we are, what we're doing, um, they've seen our team in action. Um, they've seen the results. You know, a lot of guys uh, who have never done what we do have also never seen anybody charge what we charge, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of price. And it's all a lot of, uh, it's really can be shocking. And so if you start out or if I start out saying, all right, my expectation of revenue is, you know, 30,000 a month. Yeah. Um, I, I might be setting them up for failure before they realize that they're actually capable or that there's a path to do that. So sure, there's a system. Yeah. Our system, they've been thoroughly introduced to it. They've seen our team in action. Uh, not only serving our customers, but generating the kind of revenue that uh, we do. Um, mm -hmm. Now they have the buy-in, and, and I really need them to, to be uh, bought into uh, not only our service, but what we're charging for our services. They got to believe in it, because if they don't, the customers won't uh, yeah. believe in it either. So I, I really, um, until I feel like they have a firm buy-in, uh, I don't even talk about that with them. Sure, sure. Now, does does everyone have the same goal or is it different? Because like Josh, Crown Champion has been, what, 20,000 times, I feel like at this point. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have it. Does he have the same goal as, as the new person or and or, or how do you guys approach goal setting goals? So that, I think that's a very important question. And no, um, so when we put somebody in a truck and we're ready for them to start producing, uh, our minimum standard is around 400,000 uh, for the year, yeah. uh, which is, I think, roughly 30,000 a month. Yeah. Um, Josh, on the other hand, you know, he's doing like 700 plus. Uh, this year, I think he'll, he just crossed the 500,000 mark yesterday, right. as a matter of fact. That's great. So we have a little celebration for that this morning, but... Yeah, everybody's going to be different. So uh, yeah. I try to go with the minimum, which is 400. Okay. Uh, after the first year, depending on how well they did, we're going to go 20% above that. Okay. Um, and always look for a 20% increase every year over what they like did. Support for this podcast comes from NAVAC. As a technician in today's technology-driven landscape, you know how frustrating it can be when the tools you carry fall short and can't live up to the demands of modern-day HVAC equipment. 
NAVAC is keenly aware of this and uses that sentiment as the driving force for our innovation and standards for contractor tools. With over 25 years of design, research, and manufacturing for the HVAC industry, NAVAC is proud to introduce the Break-Free Power Tubing Expander. Following in the footsteps of its predecessor, the Break-Free Power Flaring Tool, we continue to empower contractors to automate tubing processes that will save time, energy, and ultimately their bottom line. Visit NAVACglobal.com to learn more. Lindsay, uh, same question to you about, you know, introducing KPIs and goals. When does that happen in a, a new employee's journey? In the interview process. Okay. So we start out in the interview process because, again, we're setting ourselves apart and we want to make sure that they're a culture fit and be able to handle not only the technical, obviously, but everything else that we're asking them to do. Yeah. So how we lay it out is we let them know, you know, this is where you can go with us. This is your potential that you can earn and that you can make. And we took a sheet and we have obviously their hourly rates and then their SPIF and bonus programs. Yeah. And I took that sheet and I broke it down per hour. So if you okay. did this, you could make this per hour in your pocket. And so then I'm like, you know, one of our interview questions are like, what are your personal goals over the next, you know, two years? What are yeah. your business goals over the next two years? Or, you know, um, that sort of thing. So then they'll share that. And I'm like, well, here's how you can achieve those goals with us. And yeah. whether it's related to money or not, everything ties back to that, to a certain aspect, you sure. know, they want to get engaged. They want to buy a house. They want to do this. They want to do that. So we show them ways through us that they can do that. And then we also show them that in our truck, we treat this like it's your own division. This is hmm. everything that you have here is you're running your own business for yourself without all the headaches and everything yeah. like that. And so then we set them up for that success. And I run through them and I say, you know what? We have a list of things. These are the, the KPIs that you know we set for you. These are some of your goals. This is what we're looking for on our team. But remember, um, they're averages. So right. let's role play this a little bit for you. So then I usually have a toilet scenario or a furnace scenario or something like that, that we go through some of our scripting with them in that interview process. And I say, you know what? Sometimes Mrs. Jones is only gonna go with the must option and that's okay. We're not yeah. asking you to go out there and just be this Push. awesome salesperson. It's yeah. you are providing the options to your customer and identifying any concerns that they may have. So keep that in mind that it's an average. Yeah. You don't have to go out there and always hit this, this number on every single call, every single day. Yes, that's obviously what we wanna strive for, but it's right. on average. And you're there as their advisor. Um, you know, kind of like their doctor. If you see something wrong, you need to address it and fix it. So we always go on the rule of averages, but we lay them out day one. And then in their paperwork process, after the first day, I send them home with um, a goal sheet and a little bit about what's about me and what motivates me. So oh. they go home and they put some thought behind that for two yeah. reasons. When they come back the next day during onboarding, you know, one of the first three slides is let's set some goals. So yeah. I always make it where it has to be a SMART goal. So specific, measurable, achievable, time-bound, mm -hmm. and that are real relevant and time-bound. And then from there, I also have them set two business, one personal. So always mm -hmm. has to tie into something that's going to motivate them personally. So it's, yeah. it's a triple win environment, and that's what we yeah. talk about here. 
I like that. At the same time, when they fill out that motivational sheet, that tells us how we talk to them. You know, are they motivated by money? Are they motivated by praise? Are they motivated by a thank you? Are they motivated by being part of something better? So yeah. when you know what motivates them, you know how to help coach them to their, be their highest successful performing technician possible. Like Everybody's that. different. They have a different personality. They have a different situation. You don't know kind of what's going on in their lives, but this helps uncover some of those things so they can be part of your family and you can relate to them and relate mm -hmm. to them that's going to benefit them yeah so right that's, away <laughs> that's great that's great and and again the same follow-up question you is you know the newer tech have the same goal or okay as the experienced person i know you've got a great team as well so how yeah it's yeah um so obviously um everybody starts with the same same goal except during your first um month we take it down a little bit because when they're out in their truck for their first month, you know, they're going to struggle a little bit. They're doing this on their own. They're going to, you know, struggle presenting and you have to have some more ride alongs with them. So we usually take about $10,000 off of any typical goal kind of with our company. Okay. Um, on our goal boards, they're all the same goals okay. for everybody. So they all compete against each other, um, except when they're new, obviously they start with that 10,000 less. And then they go up after their first month to hit the same as everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, um, they all have the same goal. So they all compete against each other. And then you'll start to see where everybody's goals raise. But at the same time, after that aspect, personally, on a personal level, when we goal set and meet with them on a monthly basis, on their weekly basis and their coaching, they set their own personal goal that goes in their coaching and motivational file to say, hey, this is kind of the standard. This is where you're at. Here's yeah. where you're tracking. What do you feel you're comfortable achieving? And let's work on that goal together. And then when we, when we, me and that um, employee or, you know, one of my foreman and that employee or whatever hit that goal, their personal goal, then yeah. we celebrate that as the team. Hey, guess what? So-and-so had a goal to do this and they did that. That's and great. this is what what motivated them to do it. Tell us how you did that. Tell us all about it. And then That's we share great. that so then everybody can learn from each other's successes. That's great. That's fantastic. All right, I'm going to pivot uh, onboarding to me. Next step to talk is training. Um, Lindsay, let's start with you this time. Just roughly, you know, um, 30,000 foot view. What is your, what's training look like at always? Maybe, you know, what days and, and what information is covered during each of those days? So it's three days a week. And um, probably about every six months, the whole team goes through onboarding again. Okay. Um, so every six months, everybody gets re-onboarded. Um, one of the first things that we do is we take um, Carrie's video and we go through and we break it out. Okay, step one to step six. And then we train on that for the first you know, week. Uh, we train on step one. So the first day is, you know, you watch the video, you talk about it, you explain what step one means, what your expectations That's are. Great. I run it as if I'm role planning and I'm the technician and I have somebody else come be my homeowner, um, you know, whoever volunteers. And then we go and we break it out into teams day two. They're all broken out into teams where they record each other and they practice yeah. that and they practice what they're going to say and how they're going to do it. And then day three is we do that again, but on a larger scale, we all perform as what we're what we're going to do. And mm -hmm. then we set those goal sheets as to, okay, for step one, 
what am I successful at? Where do I need my improvements personally? How am I going to get that? And then what are we going to go to achieve it? And then let's say the following week when they come back for training, um, they'll go through and before we get into our new topic, we see where everybody's at and we reinforce what we learned week one. Hey, somebody tell me about this or somebody tell me about that. Remind me about this. Tell me about a success you had with it. Tell me about a struggle. And then we'll all kind of learn from each other and make sure that they still understand it and that they applied it out in the field. If you find an employee is doing really well at that, let them talk about that. Ask them some open-ended questions. Let them expand about that for the team. If there's yeah. somebody struggling, make a note of that. Pull them aside down the road and say, hey, um, one thing that Abigail taught me was a great question is, hey, is this something that, you know, you're just um, not understanding or you're just caring mm -hmm. not to do? How can yeah. I help you? And right. let's go through that process. And yeah. so we talk about that and then we set some goals with them and give them some more one-on-one -on -one personal training, maybe a ride along, maybe set them up with their buddy to kind of yeah. go through or somebody who's really great at that step to do that. Mm -hmm. And then that's how we reinforce that. And then we always set those goals and what they're going to achieve. And then we rate them on a scale of, you know, I'm going to try, I can do it. I know I'm going to do it and where you're at when you finish training and where you're at a week later. And then at the whole end of that process, where you're at with that whole subject matter at the end. Yeah. Wow, that's that's very detailed. Well, thank you, Lindsay. Do you, um, <laughs> as a quick follow-up though, do you, how about, uh, that? that's your training schedule. Do you guys get together every day too? Do you like do huddles just to get, kind of get in front of the team and see how everyone's doing? Yeah, so we do do daily huddles. So um, typically we have one with our technicians and everything like that in the morning and they do a check-in process. Yeah. We still use paper timesheets because on our timesheets, I've made them so they're holding themselves accountable to the goals. Yeah, you can see your numbers and service tighten and all that great stuff. But when yeah. you have to write down kind of what your average tickets were, what, you know, all of that is, they have to calculate that daily on their timesheets. So they check okay. in and send those in. And then from there, we do a quick daily huddle with, with our technicians. Um, my call center manager, some of us are still working from home. So they send out a virtual daily huddle um per se so every day they do that um and then with our leadership and management team and in office people who are here we do a daily huddle as well okay so just Very to check good. in see where everybody's at yep. i like it yep i think that FaceTime is good for for everybody um frank let's talk training i know training is a, is a big 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 thing for you kind of share with everyone uh you know how many days you guys train what the information you're covering is all that good stuff sure um so training like you said it's a big deal for me i feel like uh i i always refer to everybody as a team right and mm -hmm. i don't know of any team in sports for example that could not have practices and show up and expect to you know win the pennant yeah. or anything like that so we take it very seriously uh we meet tuesdays and wednesdays and tuesday wednesday and thursday uh for about an hour um we have office meetings uh, usually on Mondays and Thursdays, also for about an hour. Yeah. Uh, but what we train on depends on the areas we need to improve on. Uh, sure. Like Lindsay, uh, we try to be very analytical about where everybody's at and not just train to train, you know? Fundamentals yeah. are important. We definitely do that. Um, one of the, the biggest things we do is skills practice, or it's often called role play. Actually, funny story. Uh, we've always called it role play. Nobody liked it. Uh, Aaron B. Hunnan, uh introduced a, 
us to a different version. He calls it skills practice. Oh, See, I like that. But now all of a sudden, everybody wants to do skills practice all the time. That's I interesting. I have no idea why the, the, just the change of the name shifted you know, the mindset. But yeah. So we do skills practice. That's a, a really big deal. Everybody enjoys it. Uh, we try to break into groups of three. Um, so one person, whoever is doing the skills practicing, will hand their phone off to the third person and oh. the other person will act as a customer. And then they'll record that, that session and hand them the phone back. That video is only for the person that was practicing. It's not okay. to be shared or made fun of or make anyone uncomfortable. And so they can look at themselves in action and really, um, you know, we're, we're all our own worst critics, right? So who's so, going to be sure. more honest? And, yeah. and able to sell it like it is, right? So uh, that's very helpful. Um, we use uh, Learning Alliance uh, videos, and uh, we just had an on-site class with Aaron, actually. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. First time I've, I've ever done an on-site, and uh, we are going to do it in January and August, hopefully every year, as long as the space is available, right? Yeah, but, yeah. That was so you shut, you, yeah. You shut down the so that's it. How, how long are you, you know, is everyone shut down and not running calls then? How how long does that work? Well, that was a two day event. Uh, we yeah. shut everything down, even uh, 24 hour service. I didn't want anybody running calls at, at night. We shut it all down for company wide yeah. training, and um, it, it was fantastic. And yeah. uh, the return is already you know, exponential. It's paid for itself several times over. Yeah. Um, I was always nervous about doing something like that. Sure. Uh, you know, shutting down, but I thought, you know what, we, we do it for Thanksgiving. We do it for yeah. Christmas. You know what, darn it, we're going to do it for training. And, right. Yeah. And it was also a good injection of uh, energy into our culture and, and uh, really invigorated everybody. So that, that was right. really a breakthrough for us and that's good because you got a lot like you've got some experienced guys that do have done again multiple i think you've multiple crown champions now i mean you have guys that do really well but they still found value in it yeah um it, it yeah <laughs> it, it, sometimes it just helps to hear it from somebody else right yeah and a little tips yeah i mean i can't i wouldn't mind you saying it again three what crown champions <laughs> yeah right 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 that yeah was, the goal we set uh so those three technicians in particular uh, have been here for a long time and mm -hmm. we set a goal out uh, a couple of two years ago we said all right all three of you are going to be crown champions the four of us uh we're going to go to the uh, gala it's going to be a great a great time and uh so we set out to do it and uh so last year we all flew out to florida with the spouses and uh, just had a fantastic time, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so crown champion is is something everybody has the opportunity to, to achieve. There isn't sure. one champion, and we yeah. actually implemented a contest internally. We have a belt that we give away, <laughs> and uh, so we set all these different parameters. Uh, it wasn't just about revenue; it was a percentage to goal. It was. That's you great. know, uh, following procedures. We even had surveys. We handed everybody to grade each other. And we really mm -hmm. wanted, basically, we wanted to not just give Josh the belt, right? Right, <laughs> so right. Yeah. We had to make it so everybody could win. 
Well, he ended up winning it anyway. Uh, that's another story. But uh, we decided after that belt, we as a group, we're going to set a bar where everybody, just like crown champion uh, for a uh, certain path, everybody can get the belt. Everybody that's can great. be a service champion. Yes. And uh, we can all encourage each other to hit that level. So we that's restructured fantastic. that. And, um, yeah, we are very excited about it. And I, I just, all I can say is culture is everything. Yeah. And training yeah. is part of your culture. Uh, competing is part of your culture. But, you know, I talked about um, service to others. We serve each other as well as our customers. And that whole, they don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. Right. That's true for myself and the other members of the leadership team. Our teams got to know we care. They don't care what we know. They don't want to hear us coaching, and tell them how they can do this and that, unless they know we actually care as well. So yeah. um, I, I can't say enough about culture and, and making sure that when you're together during those training meetings uh, that you're highlighting and, and uh, nurturing and cultivating that culture at the same time. That's fantastic. Um, Lindsay, I'm going to throw over to you. Uh, you know, so we've got onboarding, we've got training, right? And another big part of performance management is like regularly checking in with your people. And I know you said you create these goals. And do you guys have one-on-ones with your each team member to kind of talk about, you know, their, talk about their goals, talk about their performance? What, what do you guys utilize? If you do one-on-ones, how frequent are they? So every person checks in daily, obviously, with their timesheets and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and then during our daily huddles. But then over and above that, we do personal one-to-ones. We try to hit everybody either, now that we've grown, it's on a rotation of every two weeks. So we okay. do a one-to-one every two weeks with everybody. And hey, where you are, how you check in. Now, if there's somebody that needs a little bit more loving or attention or something yeah. like that, then we check in with them daily or every couple of days and we hit some goals as to you know hey you're struggling with this let's talk about it or you're yeah. really great at this like i want to hear your successes let's share that and cool. then we'll share it with the rest of the team kind of thing but we coach yeah. them um yeah once every two weeks minimum and then a quarterly and semi-annually and annual reviews that's great and, and with those those one-on-ones you can get a pulse of you may, someone may reveal that they aren't doing, their numbers might be good, but maybe something's going on in their personal life, right? And all of a sudden yeah. you can try and talk to them or be that outlet. And so they get they get that out instead of, you know, maybe tanking in the field or, or you know, it, it. sometimes someone just needs someone to talk to, you know, but I know that's crazy for us, but that's what it, the business world is now. You know, we're really thankful here. I mean, since we moved on to Glenn and I really setting these core values for us and one of his big ones and he came up with it was the family first. Yeah, um, we've really taken that to the next level. So family first for him means his and my door is always open no matter what. Um, I got to give kudos to Glenn. It's not so much me. I have a little bit of a D-type personality, but um, <laughs> Glenn is very good at connecting individually one-to-one -one for those team members. And just like we asked them to, you know, go and provide that five-star service to our customers, Glenn, myself, our leadership team, and our, and our whole team have to understand that we are in the people business, yeah. right? We are in the people business. So, 
when somebody's struggling with something else, they can't function, you know, out in the field or whatever the case may be, or on the phones or something like that. So we yeah. have to somehow recognize that. So Glenn has a way of going about it a different way and touching people. And it's like, I call it his magic. I don't know how to, how to describe it, but he it's is the best at it. Yes, yeah. it's a talent. And so he does that really well. But at the same time, we have a lot of people, both him and my door are always open, that'll just come and reach out to us and say, hey, I'm, you know, struggling with this or I have this going on and, and that kind of thing. But we've seen a culture change since family first came about. We don't call them team members. We call them family members. But oh, our family members will come into our office and they'll struggling with something at home. And you can tell that. But they're still trying to come into work to do their role. And when right. we see that and we identify it, we're just like, hey, can I talk to you for a sec? You know, come and have a chat with me. And we go through that. They're like, you know, I'm trying. I'm like, you know, I appreciate that. And thank you so much. But with what you got going on right now, we'll pay you for the day. Go take your time. Take a couple of days. Do what you need That's to great. do. Because you're going to be better off doing that oh, yeah. and having that than, you know, feeling like you have to be here just because. And I know you want to be. And yeah. we appreciate that. But go take care of what you need to. And it's just it's crazy what you know sometimes these people are coming in with and it's right. they're still coming and they're trying but you yeah. just need to allow them that freedom to take that time to do what they need to do and know that it's okay that's amazing that's so, great frank, frank how, about, how about you guys with one-on-ones do you guys utilize those if so how frequently or is it just more you know everyone's coming in the office you can see if someone's having a, a you know is it themselves you pull them aside how how structured are you with that you know, uh, similar to Lindsay, and, and by the way, I, I love what you just said. Um, people have to come before profit. And, you know, we do the same thing. If somebody's having a difficult time, uh, you know, take the day off with, with pay. And, and, you know, a lot of times they don't feel like they can take that time off, even though right. they know they need it. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. it's important that we take care of them, right? And people yeah. before profit. I love that you said that and, and that you guys do that. That's that's amazing. Um, one on ones, though, I've always found informal, you know, a meeting with the one on ones beneficial. Um, I recently implemented the one on ones. The okay. informal ones are kind of as they come in and sure. Hey, how you doing? Always go out of my way to make contact, eye contact, and ask how things are going, and genuinely take interest in, in what they have to say and, and make sure that I remember those things. And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, because it's important and I do really, uh, I, I genuinely care, but I am getting older, so I got to try a little harder to remember. <laughs> some of that stuff. Yeah. You getting know? bigger. There's more people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm running out of room in this big head of mine to remember as much as I, <laughs> but, um, yeah. I recently implemented the one-on-one -on -one sit down with everybody and cool. man, I wish I would have done it a long time ago. I tried it a number of times. Uh, usually I get one or two and then it fizzles out. Yeah. Um, so I had to incorporate the help of our dispatcher <laughs> to make oh, sure that that's a good she, nugget. Yeah. It kind of dispatches me as well. Really. If you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to make sure that I, I'm, I'm making it happen and, uh, we we talk about uh, what are your goals, how close are to you uh, to achieving those goals, what can I do yeah. to help you get there. Uh, we'll talk about some of the, the things that I've identified that they could improve on 
and they all know it's a coaching session. This isn't a, hey, come in for, you know, uh, a chewing or, or anything like that. Um, yeah. I always talk about, you know, if a coach sees uh, a grounder go underneath uh, or between the legs of the third baseman, uh, they don't call them in to yell at them. They right. get your glove in the dirt is to help them improve right. their performance. And uh, so we're going to run some fundamental drills. I'm going to knock some grounders at you, and, and I'm going to be telling you to get the glove in the dirt, right? Yeah. So these one-on-ones are really no different. Um, yeah. They're coaching sessions, one-on-one coaching sessions. Uh, but I always try to add into it, what are your personal goals? Uh, for example, one of our guys, his goal is uh, to make enough income that his wife can stay at home and take care of their, uh, you know, two-year-old daughter yeah and you know i thought what a fantastic goal that they have yeah and i said what does that look like financially well it turns out that uh just over half of what she earns goes to daycare to pay for the other half to provide her the opportunity to make the other half of what she earns right yeah so it really uh won't take much to get them there and of course i don't want to just say well here you go uh, yeah. I want it to be worked for and earned. And, and we, so we set it as a goal. We have a timeline. Um, so uh, by April of 2023, our plan that we mapped out together is uh, for her to be able to turn in her two week notice. That's great. And, um, you know, and, and whether it was a, a he or a she staying home is irrelevant. Sure. I think that their family will be stronger because of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, their relationship will be will be stronger, and um, you know, that's a worthy goal that I can get behind. Yeah, and I mean, so it's the, it's, their, yeah, it's their goal. Yeah, it's their goal. Yeah. It's not like you're pushing it. So I mean, that's great though. You, right. you set you you give the opportunity for them to to tell you their goals, and then you go, okay, I recognize that. Let's work towards it. That's great. Right. So you're not just paying lip service. I love it. You know, the fact of the matter is, I would have never known that that was something they wanted. Yeah. Uh, in today's world, you know, when I, when, uh, you know, at least when I was growing up, um, the traditional way of doing things was you had somebody who managed the house and, and probably the kids and somebody who went out and was the breadwinner. And then together they focused on, you know, maintenance of the whole operation. Right. Right. And that seemed to me to be a winning formula, but in, in today's society, you almost can't get away with a single income right and fortunately uh for for a lot of certain path members in particular uh we've discovered that there's a way that not only we can build successful businesses but uh success we can offer uh opportunities to create successful single income careers if that's what they want if that's who i'm uh, sure make enough money and you yep. know if they want to have income hey you know, that's awesome too but sure, uh, sure we don't know what their goals are unless we sit right. down and, and and they're willing to share those yeah um so that that particular one really hit home with me and, and you know that's just one of many great conversations that would have never happened uh without those one-on-ones so sure um, i love it good stuff well, it. we're running a little long i uh, but I, I this has been some great information hey i do have some questions from from the audience so i'm gonna fire these over. I'm not sure how many. It's hard for me to see. But I, the first one, I, I love it. Uh, maybe, Frank, this is certainly for you. But, Lindsay, feel free to, to chime in if you'd like. Uh, if someone asks you what your spirit animal is, what do you say, Frank? 
Mine is absolutely a squirrel. A squirrel. <laughs> I am as squirrely as it gets. Uh, <laughs> ashamed of it. I, I am who I am, and uh, I'm squirrely. So yeah, that's great. There, there's right. some. There's some other spirit animals on this team that, um, yeah, you would laugh a lot harder than you just did. That's great. That's amazing. I'm All right. You're a squirrel. Okay. Um, all right. This is a good question. And I, I'd be intrigued to see what, what you guys say. Uh, this is great stuff for a company that is pretty new and does not have deep pockets and definitely does not have time for a three-week onboarding process. What do you believe is non-negotiable when bringing someone uh, on? So again, it's probably a smaller member, newer member. What do you, you know, how would you compress that timeline or would you make the investment? Uh, or do it after hours? What do you guys say? Um, so there's many different ways you can kind of um, adjust that and go about it. Obviously, um, it's still important to go through the basics. Maybe you're not going to do the whole slideshow thing or have them ride along with people for the whole time, but they still have to watch those videos. They still have to do each part of your onboarding process, maybe yeah. just not for as long of a period of time. The other thing that's non-negotiable is the follow-up with that leadership team member or a manager member or yourself as the owner to go and <clears throat> make sure that they understand and that they're hitting the main key points that you're looking for in your company. So as long as they can do that, then you can pass them and you can shorten the onboarding process a little bit, but I think yeah. still touching on every aspect is important because people are gonna learn different ways. Some of them are gonna be a visual, audio, kinesthetic learner. So you have to have all of those ways incorporated in your onboarding in order for them to to be successful. So I think you could probably get that down to about week, week and a half, worst yeah. case. Frank, Frank, any insight? I mean, uh, you. Yeah, I, well, first off, um, you, all, you definitely want to look for the key uh, attributes in somebody, you know, the goal oriented, competitive drive, team player, the willingness to be clean cut and, and present themselves as a professional. But yeah. keep in mind, if you're new to, to or to a certain path and these concepts and you know you you're just as new as they're going to be so you're going to be going on this journey together and um so i i think that they're going to get out there just as fast as you are you're all going to be operating on a learning curve yeah um so if there was one piece of advice i would give it's not necessarily the onboarding side as much as it is make sure you're training together every week without exception yeah. at least two days um measuring your results uh talking about the jobs and the reactions you're getting from customers so that you can make adjustments together mm -hmm. as a team uh because you know it's going to be difficult to onboard and teach somebody something that you yourself are also in the process of learning right uh so make sure you get somebody that uh is going to be a strong team player uh, has that goal-oriented competitive drive and then you know uh, be humble enough and honest enough with yourself to define exactly where you are so that you can get where you need to be and in doing so uh, you can take that teammate with you for the ride and and realistically uh, they'll probably end up being with you for many many years if not decades because yeah. you know they're there from the beginning.
I, I just a quick to this member watching, listening still. I'd reach out to your coach. Uh, Lindsay mentioned our onboarding system. Uh, you you can definitely use it and break it down even daily if you guys get together every morning for 20 minutes and cover a little chunk of it at a time. I think there's certainly a way to do it. But I would again recommend getting with a coach and, and looking at that system. That'd be a good a good way to go as well. Uh, real okay, a little another uh, comment. Oh, go ahead, Frank. If you don't mind me saying something about that. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, the whole saying, uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah. You know, knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. You know, right. for all the systems, processes, and, and just magic formulas certain path has, you've got to engage with your coach and let them yes. push you. You got to be honest with yourself about what you don't know and, and let your coach uh, guide you. Um, had I not done that and reached out to my coach, so I'm glad you said that, Sonia, um, gave me the push that I need that I needed to, uh, yeah. you know, get where I, I wanted to go. And so that should not be understated. Rely on your coach and yes. open your mind and heart to uh, their guidance for sure. Well, yep. I love it. I love it. All right. I'm respectful. I just want to be mindful of your guys' time. I'm going to buzz through a few more. Uh, let's see, Lindsay, I'm in, in British Columbia. I'd love to come meet you. That's from Chris DeGuire. DeGuire, sorry. I'm probably misbutchering that. Um, so that's more of a comment. Are there any key indicators that let you know that the tech is ready for a truck? I guess open either one of you. Someone asked that. Are there any key indicators that let you know that a tech is ready for a truck? Yeah, so when a tech is ready, like if you're talking like an apprentice going into the trade, we have checklists and, and um, <clears throat> formulas that we use for technical and the customer service and, and KPI aspect of things. Yeah. So as long as they hit those things and they're ready to go, but we have such an open dialogue here and we're connecting with everyone so regularly. Even our apprentices come in, even though they're not the run running the calls. I have one apprentice here who can recite and do everything better than any one of these guys in my trucks. And we're just ready for him to get his technical stuff out in the field. Yeah. But um, he, they, they attend every training as well. So when they are ready, they're ready to go and you'll you, you can tell and you'll know when they're ready to go out there and then for the technical and the other stuff if they can hit all those boxes on those checklists they do that we don't treat our apprentices like helpers here we've banned that word mm. um but at the same time uh, what we do with them is we allow them to run the calls sometimes because then they also get the opportunity to enter the contest to win the spiffs to be part of our family so sometimes our technicians are like okay you know how to do this you're going to run the call today and i'm going to be your apprentice you tell me how it's going to go you talk to the homeowner i'm here for support and yeah. so then they'll give us that feedback that they're ready to go too so but you'll get when they're ready to go because they'll you know. come to you if you have an open door policy and say hey i want a truck can we set a plan to do that during our one-to-one -one? how can we get there what's my goal and that's, that's what we great. do that's fantastic very good um okay the very last question uh, a lot of shout outs appreciate th saying thank you to both of you so there's a lot of members who are very appreciative thank you so much just kind of in summarizing is there any just final advice you might have for for those watching, listening, as it pertains to, to performance management, I've I've heard culture. I, that was something I wanted to talk about, but you guys kind of swerved into it, each of you. Uh, Frank, let's start with you. Any kind of final words? Uh, you know, you said it, culture. I think if uh, you're culture focused, and um, you know, there's two things that I, I truly believe are 
the, the keys to success in a home service business. And there's a lot of keys. It's a big ring of keys, right? Uh, but I think most important are uh, building a culture uh, and uh, cultivating a uh, servant's heart within your team. Uh, and I, I said it earlier, our rewards are in direct proportion to our service to others. Yeah. That includes to our team uh, as well as our customers. And that is just a, yet another layer of culture. Um, you know, the stronger your culture, the stronger your business will be. I, I can't over overstate that. So that's, that, that's my, my parting thing. Right there. I love it. Culture. Thank you, Frank. Lindsay, how about you? Any just kind of final words about coaching, performance management, culture, anything, anything you'd like? Um, so a couple of just quick little tidbits. If you are interviewing a person where you're not 100% sure if they're going to be a fit or not, one thing we also do is a ride along for a day. So we say, hey, you know what? I want to make sure you're 100% fit for us and it's a fit for you. Would you be interested in coming tomorrow or the next day to do a ride along for the day with one of our techs? We'll pay yeah. you, but then we'll make sure that it's the proper fit because I want you to be 100% comfortable. So that's a really great thing. But then other than that is just really focus and know and understand that you're in the people business and not one person is the same as the other. So you have to have and hit all those aspects and connect with them on an individual level as much as possible. Um, you know, do the happy calls. We do happy calls within our team members. You know, That's sometimes right. we do that buddy system as well. So utilize that. Um, but always the triple win environment always stand behind your culture and your core values. And sometimes you're gonna lose some really great people because yeah. they're not aligned with your core values anymore or something happened, but yeah. you're also gonna gain some really great people that are going to stand behind you and your core values. And just keep your hand on the pulse because when you get busy or you don't do it, you're gonna see that difference in the people that you bring yes. aboard to your team. Made that mistake a hundred times, get busy, don't do it properly and it happens, but then know enough, like you said, be humble enough to understand when you've made that mistake and rest and reset. Yeah. So do it again, go back to your roots and you know what you need to do, just stay stay forward. That's a, that's a good nugget. Oh, go ahead, Frank, yeah. Hey, uh, you know what, it just occurred to me, uh, by the way, Lindsay, I got so many notes. Off oh of no. <laughs> I saw you writing, Frank, I didn't want to call you out, yeah. but I'm glad you did it, yeah. Awesome. That's okay. But, I'm stealing um, your skills practice. That is now coming into play. Hey, that that is uh, from Coach Aaron. Uh, the guy's a living legend already. You you get if you don't know about him, you're gonna find out. I'm sure of that the guy's awesome. But uh, it, 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 I was thinking about it, and I think a lot of uh, new members uh, could really use this little thing. Uh, I learned this the hard way. Um, and I touched on it a little bit already, but there's a wealth of information with SGI systems, processes. I mean, there's so much, so much there. Um, get with your coach and create a systematic process together yeah. um, that you can, you know, eat that elephant one bite at a time, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, but just get started doing it. And it's amazing, you know. It feels like it was just a few months ago that we were in lockdown. That was in 2020 and we're in 2022. So it's been two years already since all that happened. Yeah. Imagine 
how many bites of that elephant you can consume over the course of two years without even realizing it. Sure. So I would highly recommend don't be shy. Talk to other members, go to the expos and interact with, with other members, network, yes. um, and absolutely use your coaches because they want to help, man. They are so, some of the best people that I've ever met in my life are uh, the uh, SGI coaches and the oh. team at SGI or certain path and the team at a, a certain path. And they want to help you, but you know, they can't help you if, if you don't schedule those calls, show up for those calls and implement what, what they're recommending and then do a follow-up to make sure that you're, you're on track. That will literally be the difference between 10 years. And, and, and I joined in 2014, I was about 540,000 and 2018 is when I started listening to my coach and we, we hadn't even hit a million yet. And, you know, so it, well, as soon as I started listening to my coach and, and utilizing their help, it all made sense. So uh, without beating that horse to death, set some meetings with your coaches, follow their advice and do not be shy. Talk to other members and get to expo yeah. and we'll see you That's there. Good. That's good. I, I love that. it. I love it. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, Frank, Lindsay, thank you so very much. Great insight. Appreciate you staying long. Well, our attendee list is still high, so people are still hanging with you. So they appreciate what you're saying. Thank you to everyone watching. Thank you to those who asked questions. Uh, finally, in wrapping up, this video will be available shortly uh, after the holiday on your Certain Path member website. We've got a little break, so it'll take a minute. Um, it later will, then will be distributed as an episode of the Successful Contractor Show, which is available on YouTube and your podcast player of the choice. So please check check it out there again. And just thanks again, everyone. Um, with Expo approaching, we won't have a monthly member panel uh, in September, but we're planning on returning in late October. So we'll see you then. Uh, if there's a, a topic you want me to cover, please email me at bhouchin at mycertainpath.com. And with that, everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at Expo. Take care. That's Frank Lorson from Home Team Electric in Palm Springs, California. Lindsay Rice-Tate from Always Plumbing and Heating in Edmonton, Alberta, talking performance management, how to build loyalty through coaching. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. We're on your favorite podcast player. Please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And please join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor. Powered by CertainPath. Support for this podcast comes from Staples. Staples is the leading provider in office supplies, offering a vast selection of products and services. Over the last two years, Staples has also become one of America's largest janitorial suppliers as well. From your everyday business essentials to your office furniture, printing, facilities, and break room, Staples can do it all. Staples offers benefits to help create efficiencies in procurement and consolidate vendors to streamline internal processes. Visit www.staplesadvantage.com to learn more. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. 
Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With CertainPath, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information. Thank you.